0: I'm a little yeah. flustered for today's episode. How so? I mean, what the fuck was JP thinking? Wait, which part? I d- All burrow. Dude, I saw that. So uh, I'm driving home from work. I pull up to a red light. I'm like, I need to change this song. And for some reason, instead of doing it on the car, I whip out the phone to uh. change it, right? Yeah, text message hadn't already re- received it. It pu- it went up, pulled up while mm-hmm. I'm changing the song, saying Burrow may have just uh, what do you say tore his Achilles. Yeah, yeah. I nearly just switched gears and drove over into the other side of the road. <laughs> I mean, what a dangerous thing to do!
1: And he yeah. sent it
0: around. Four thirty. Everybody's getting close to getting off work. Terrible yeah, this time. guy. Yeah, come on. I mean, hold it for later, and then it turns out it may have just been a cramp. <laughs> yeah, it's like a hundred degrees for a cramp. <laughs> no, he's getting but heat it, sweats in the it, car. It, oh my god, dude! Because I couldn't investigate. The whole rest of your drive, your brain yeah, the,
1: just wouldn't stop.
0: Yeah, I, I was. I turned it on a song that was kind of upbeat, and I was like, Well, this doesn't fit anymore. So then I put it on like Marvin's Room by Drake, yeah. and it was just like, you know, just sitting there, like, Dude, maybe I should call her. Do you know? <laughs> <laughs> I hope <you're, laughs> Joe, I hope you're all right, man. I'm He'll pull God, man. Please, God, I can't do it, Dom. I can't go. I can't go back to being the Bungles. We, yeah. gotta, we gotta, we gotta keep keep the momentum building, baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Welcome back, everybody, to the Below Average Joe's MMA show. Nothing bad ever happens in Utah, mm-hmm. and that has been made no more clear than the fact that the Cincinnati Bengals do not practice there. If they did, Burrow. Yeah. Would not have potentially, I I don't know. I'm not even going to put it out there. I'm not even going to put it out there what that injury could be. He He would would not have cramped up. He would not have cramped up, you know? Yeah. Uh, But we're back for another preview. UFC 291 goes down this weekend. Also, Dominic falling under the radar per usual. Yeah, of course. Bellator X Ryzen 2. I prefer Bellator versus Ryzen 2. Yeah, yeah. Now, while the quality of the card may not be able to compete with the UFC, it's pretty stacked for Bellator. There's some
1: fun matchups. Yeah, Yeah.
0: very fun. Unfortunately, A.J. McKee, we will talk about that. He will no longer be competing in the main event. But otherwise, a great card. Not sure what I'm going to do, though, Dominic. I mean, this might be the best combat sports weekend. If you're someone like me who who really is – At this point, I consider myself pretty, I can't quite say hardcore like my knowledge, but like I'm very hardcore watching boxing. Like I'm watching everything, you know. When you're someone like me who enjoys boxing and MMA, this might be the best combat sports weekend I've ever got to experience live. Mm. UFC Mm -hmm. 291, Mm -hmm. Errol Errol Spence versus Terrence Crawford, which is, I mean, that's, that's, I, there's no comparison for it in MMA because it just you never see it. Yeah. I mean this is this is potentially the fight for the number one pound for pound in the world. And it just you don't see it in boxing enough. Tuesday morning in Japan, Naoya or Nawa or however you pronounce it, in a way. Oh, I yeah. Hate I, saw that I, that. I hate that I don't know for sure how to pronounce his name. I thought it was I always said Naoa, and then I heard someone say like Naya. Maybe you Anaya, should just call him Noah. Anaya. All right. Anyways. Fair. Um <laughs> the, the monster uh I love that guy, man. That dude is I mean, that's a that's a fucking savage right there. Uh, I did lose money betting on him <laughs> to win a decision, which uh, I thought was a smart bet uh trusted the durability of Stephen Fulton, but the monster would not be denied. Mm. Uh Bellator Ryzen. I mean, it is a stacked weekend, Dominic. I know you are probably more focused on the MMA side of things, which is fair. But does it feel like a pretty big weekend, UFC 291? No no actual title fights on this card, but yet feeling like maybe one of the biggest cards of the year?
1: Yeah, it absolutely feels like a massive weekend for combat sports and for eyes to be on all of these beautiful arts the mixed martial arts boxing everything it's going to be a great weekend a jam-packed weekend a very busy weekend and noah this is from what i'm hearing of course i'm not in it like you but the biggest boxing match since mayweather pacquiao is that accurate to say oh
0: i don't know that's wow i i wasn't i mean i have i ever heard that have you heard that
1: maybe it's because i just see it from the mma people and not the hardcore no no i
0: well i'm not like i don't The history of it, you know, I I feel so much more comfortable because, you know, I know my UFC history. But Mm -hmm. boxing history, I have a long ways to go. Mm -hmm. But I will put it like this. As someone who has more recently become into the boxing game, I think it's – God, is it as big as – Yeah, it probably is, Dom, because these two guys have dominated for for so long – and mm-hmm. it's been such a frustration in boxing in the boxing community that they've never been able to make that fight happen. And now mm. it happens. They're not too old. I think it's in terms of legacy. I would argue it might even be bigger than Mayweather-Pacquiao mm. no because that fight always felt like it happened well too late in their sure. in their careers. And this fight, it feels like it's happening right at the last. T- possible moment you can get the most out of it, so yeah, yeah. Um, that was a long winded answer for what you were asking me, but big deal. That's just what I wanted and, to do. And my phone's blowing up, so I'm like, kind of Walgreens is calling me right now. I'm not answering oh, why they mm-hmm. call me. JP's I, text and probably tech talking some shit, yeah, yeah. God, this is the longest time it's taken for someone to go to voicemail ever. <laughs> Let's, let's, you know what? I'm going to blind read this message right now that I just got from JP. So, whatever it said, if he says, like, yo, Dom, like, you got a tiny dick, like, I'm reading it. All right, fair. How, okay. Well, I did text him and said, JP is such a fuck. He said, how am I to fuck? I was panicking, dog. Shit came at me in all directions, fast in all directions. You're the damn media guy. Where the hell were you at fingering your goddamn pussy? Well, all right.
1: So, where can we be found on social
0: media? <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, yeah, it's a great time to be. You think JP works for Walgreens? You think that was he calling me? That from could his, be, from his, that could from be his... it. It's three to eleven shift or whatever he's got going on. I don't the know. burner. Yeah. Um. Right now is a great time to be following us on social media to follow us and subscribe to us on all the various flat platforms because Dominic, the content, it is the change. it. Here soon we will be kind of sort of move it away from the model that we have set ourselves up for the last three years with Dominic. We are approaching actually we're a week away from the three year anniversary. I Mm -hmm. didn't realize that.
1: Yeah.
0: With kind of a perfect time to to make the change. So Mm -hmm. I'll go ahead and kind of give a brief little thing again. I know I did it a couple episodes ago. So what we have done for the last three years is we do two of our show episodes a week. Mm -hmm. preview and recap right so previews we've always recorded on wednesday or thursday usually thursday and release on friday there was a little bit of a time where that Mm -hmm. was back a day but you get the point recaps always been recorded on sundays uploaded monday we want to Tailor our content to who's watching it where. Because the type of people that will watch our content on YouTube may not all have the same type of content that they're looking for compared to someone who finds us on Spotify sure. or TikTok, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Depending on where you go, I think uh, you are looking for a different type and length of content. Yep. So in order to kind of fill the those needs and try to adapt with the times, Dom. It was, we thought it'd be best that starting sometime after we get back from Nashville, and it, it may be as soon as we get back, kind of depends on how we're, how we're mm-hmm. you know. But <laughs> what, what we're planning to do is instead of recording everything that piles up through day by day for, yep. for those specific recording days, we're just going to, depending on what comes out, depending on what we want to talk about, we're going to be uploading. More often, smaller, and just get it right out to the people, Dominic. Mm -hmm. So more timely. I get home from work today. I see we have like three fight announcements from the UFC. Yep. A couple happening September 23rd. You got Giga Chikadze and Alex Casares August 26th. We will talk about that on here. But just hypothetically speaking, if let's Mm -hmm. say we recorded our preview yesterday. Sure. And so we didn't touch on that because we didn't know about it. Yep. Well, instead of waiting till Sunday to give our thoughts, we would just hop in a studio real quick, record like a fifteen-minute video talking about this, and have it uploaded the next day. Correct. So that's for YouTube purposes. That's yes. why we want to do it on YouTube, where putting out more videos, just breaking up these long-form podcasts into yes. videos. So it's still going to look like this. Yeah. But it'll be kind of like the podcast clips that you make. Exactly. See if you, if more you of those. In a long time. Um, TikTok will be much of the same. We love doing the UFC trivia. I think it's mm-hmm. a lot of fun. I'll also say for uh, Twitter, follow us there, Instagram, TikTok at the BAJMMA. Uh, potentially looking at implementing more Twitter spaces since we won't be doing like you know, recording full card recaps, you know, on Sundays after that, we would like that to maybe, since it would potentially open up those right after the card, when everybody's on talking Mm -hmm. about the fights on, on social media, I think it'd be great for us to start using Twitter spaces so that people who want to have a conversation about the fights, who want to hear our thoughts, but also give their thoughts can have a voice in that discussion, Dominic. So Mm -hmm. For some of these bigger cards, like UFC 291, depending on what me and Dom have planned, right, we could always hop in a Twitter space, really go over a lot of the big hitters on the card, and then people can join, listen in. They want to submit a question or a yep. thought that they had or if they want to speak up and give mm-hmm. their opinion, that's the time to do it. So that's what we really are wanting to do. And uh, Spotify and Apple, those... those um, Audio platforms is where the full length yes. podcast would live. And that's simply taking the clips that come through the week, putting them together there. And then we would kind of fill in the gaps with some recording, you know, yep, intro, some other transitions, stuff. all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's that's pretty much it. I figured might as well go over it again. Um, mm-hmm. But Appreciate everybody's support who's uh, been around here a long time. We're up to 335 subscribers, I think, as it is uh, on YouTube and uh, quite a bit on Spotify and whatnot. So uh, it's been very fun doing this for about three years now, and Mm. we ain't stopping. Mm -mm. Mm Mm-mm. Only going on. Did I cover everything, though? Yes, you did, but we got a lot more to cover now. Oh, boy, Dom. Let's get in to ufc 291 in your main event five years later they wow. run it back this time with silver on the line <laughs> as the bmf is yes. up for grabs with the retirement of jorge masvidal he will be in attendance to wrap the belt around the waist of the new baddest motherfucker in the ufc and regardless of your thoughts on the concept and of the actual physical belt, yeah, you know, I ain't that hot on it. Yeah. But I can't think of two better representatives of this <sighs> title than Dustin Poirier and Justin Gaethje. Dominic, I'm going to start out with a question here to kind of give fill people in on kind of the the gap here from when they fought five years ago to now. Why is this rematch necessary, in your opinion? Considering Poirier did end up knocking out Justin Gaethje the first time they fought.
1: Yeah, I think that's the be- that's the most beautiful thing about this rematch is how perfect it is timing-wise. Because I love seeing all the stat comparisons going around on like YouTube and Twitter right now. If you look at their fights ever since, the same exact record, six and two, the same two losses. Charles Oliveira and Habib both by submission. They're beating the same guys. When you look at like Michael Chandler's and stuff, it is amazing the similarities that these two have. The fight styles that they have make them perfect representatives for this BMF title. We we talked about this being the perfect fight. I think in like March I was going back mm-hmm. on TikTok and looking today, and now we're here in July. It's happening. Whether you like the belt or not, this is. A real deal rematch with huge implications. Look away from that silver BMF belt. This is number two in the world versus number three in the world. Um, Hoping for their chance to get back into the title talk if they can win on Saturday night. There's no better fight to make right now in the lightweight division. There's not a fight that makes more sense to make right now in the lightweight division than this fight. You add in all those factors, all the similarities. Two fan favorite fighters. So many eyeballs. On this one right here, Noah, do you agree? Is that why this is the perfect rematch?
0: Yeah, let's, let's sum it up like this. A combined 41 finishes in their professional MMA careers. I mean, say less, say less. Yeah. Dominic, there are, I, the thing that always scares me about a fight like this is when you feel like you have something that is an uh, MMA that's 100% That's a given that you can take it to the bank. You know, it always feels Mm -hmm. like something goes wrong, Mm -hmm. but I can't think of a fight. If there was two guys that someone was like, who just put together two guys that, you know, are going to deliver just a great fight. There's, I don't know if there'd be two people I would put above Gaethje and Poirier here. I mean, obviously we've seen it before and it was amazing, but they've both, improved vastly in really first fight. Yeah. You know, you've seen the the kind of identity change from Justin Gaethje who yes, he still leans into what he's capable of with his hands and just offensively all around what he's capable of. But he's mm-hmm. much less chaotic and reckless. Yeah. Reckless, he definitely can still get to that point, but mm-hmm. more defensively sound, more technical. Mm-hmm. He he's improved tenfold, and Dustin Poirier has too, man. I mean, this guy just carries himself like a champion. Mm-hmm. He may not be the champion of the division, but those Connor fights, really, maybe even before that, maybe it's the Max Holloway fight when he won that interim title. Something changed in Dustin Poirier yeah. to where he doesn't really let the the lights, the the talk, the big mo- the big moment really get to him or affect him you know he really is just there to deliver a ko a performance of the night and leave and that's pretty much it and i think it's done him very well because of that
1: Mm
0: -hmm. but let's talk about dominic um kind of the betting lines for this one maybe real quick Mm -hmm. dustin fourier is a slight favorite minus 145 Justin Gaethje, a plus 125, Dominic. You know, I was thinking back on my lunch break today to when Justin Gaethje fought in March in London, how much he was being overlooked in that Rafael Fazayev. He really was. And I'm not saying that as someone who didn't count him out. I did as well. I thought Fazayev was going to pretty much end the career of Justin Gaethje. I thought that might be it for him. Mm. And Gaethje, whether you thought he won or lost, that man fought tooth and nail to that decision victory, and it's kind of, in my opinion, it's it's made this line a lot closer. It's made this more of a of an ideal fight to make at this point in time. Dustin mm-hmm. Poirier, it seems like everybody sort of expects to still be Dustin Poirier, but yeah. I think Justin Gaethje by winning that fight the way he did against Visaev by still showing he can go to war and he can, he's no, nobody's better to do it than him. Mm. Then now you have to look at this fight kind of like you probably did in 2018, where you go, I really have no idea where I'm leaning in this fight. Um, how do you kind of look at these lines, Dominic? I mean, do you think one of, do you think either of these guys have a serious competitive edge on over the other? No, I
1: think that's another reason why it is such a perfect fight, right? I mean, I, I don't... If if Dustin is a minus 145, which he is, I don't have an issue. If Justin Gaethje would have came in at a minus 145, I don't think I would bat an eye at that either because of having a win over someone like Fazeev and what he was looked at in terms of his potential. And even still has tons of potential. We're going to even talk about him here later. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't have been surprised either way that these lines were going down. I think maybe... Because Dustin has that that win, right? Maybe that is the the uh, the tipping point, if you will, to make these odds what they are. And like you said, they both have definitely improved. But I feel like we've been able to see at least more more improvement, more changes on the side of Justin Gaethje, and I think that's why it makes it very intriguing to me maybe that's why someone plays a plus 125 on Gaethje because we've seen them both have all this success even both become interim champions but there's something about this recent stretch in Gaethje you look at that Chandler fight you look at his win over Fazeev there, there's something to the way that he has adjusted his fight style that could help him with a guy like Dustin who yeah Dustin can brawl but he's very technically sound he's a very smart intelligent boxer he's defensively sound. Now that Justin has closed that gap a little bit, I'm not saying he's up to par, but he's closed that gap It makes this fight all that more interesting, all that more intriguing.
0: I would argue that possibly some of the reason why the the improvements are more noticeable in Justin Gaethje is that I think I would argue he was the guy that had more holes in his game at that time. True. Yeah, that's a good point. Poirier definitely wasn't perfect. I mean, he's obviously improved since then he wasn't that far removed from being knocked out by Michael Johnson at that point, if I remember right. So obviously he's come a long way and he's never been done that too since. Like he's, he's been incredible. Um, I still look at the big advantage here for Poirier is his composure in these kind of fights, like what you expect to get out of here. Justin Gaethje Definitely switches a gear when he gets into a war, when he knows he's going to war with somebody. Mm -hmm. Something flips, and, you know, against a guy like Fazayev, it worked. But also look at how he fared against Charles Oliveira, Dominic. He dropped Charles twice in that fight, and he looked absolutely overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. He started headhunting. He started going back to those old habits. They die hard. That's, Mm -hmm. That's insane, right? I still... Feel like this line is a pretty good summary of what I expect here. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be very competitive. Uh, be on the lookout for a lot of leg kicks from Justin Gaethje. I went back and watched the first fight. He was I didn't drilling. realize how hurt Poirier was. Mm-hmm. You know that fight was uh, not looking like it was going to go Poirier's way necessarily, and then he was able to cork a freaking missile mm-hmm. that had Gaethje on wobbly street. I don't know how long it goes. Maybe I should ask you about the Utah effect. I'm sure that's something (laughs) we'll be talking about a lot on this card. Yeah. For either one of these guys, could you see them either having a game plan in mind that maybe says, look, we got to try to get out of here early because the longer it goes, the harder it's going to be. And do you just think those elements will affect either one of them? I would like to think that these two can go to
1: war regardless of where they're fighting, whether it's 10,000 feet below or above sea level, but Gechi does have that advantage. He trains in Colorado. He's used to elevation. Dustin Poirier trains in Florida. I know he's been sleeping with like the altitude chamber uh, at home. I've seen like, uh, there's a workout guy that I follow that's done that before for marathons and stuff where you basically sleep in like this tent over your head and you can, like put in what elevation you want to sleep at it's weird but it helps your lungs get prepared I know he's been out there doing runs and stuff in the mountains but it's different to go there for a couple of weeks and live there and train there every single day so I think you know all in all if it goes over the course of five rounds maybe Gaethje does have the upper hand in this one but Pori is such a dog I don't feel like he would I don't feel or foresee where he would wilt under that but it may just become a factor. And if it does, that's where Gaethje's biggest opening could potentially arise.
0: Yeah, I think that's a good way to put it. Like, with Gaethje, you have to say if someone has an advantage, it mm. might be him. Because uh, Colorado, where he trains, that's even a higher elevation than Utah. Mm. Mm. So, I mean, he's even str- – I mean, he probably feels great over there. In yeah, Utah. the mile-high city, right? Um, <laughs> obviously, Dustin Poirier doesn't have that advantage. But, like I said earlier – he carries himself like a champion. I just don't expect him to come in here ill-prepared for that. Yep. You know, it's happened. We look back, remember Kane Velasquez, mm-hmm. uh, and that's how he sort of crumbled a couple different times in his career was not taking that seriously, that, that, yep. the altitude. I don't expect Dustin to fall into that trap. I really yeah. don't.
1: Yeah, I would agree.
0: Not with the BMF on the line. I mean, come on. The biggest belt in combat sports, right? Let me ask you something. This might be a question for Monday, but I don't want to be spoiled by like Dana White answering this at a press conference because I can just see it now. It's going to be asked, and then I'm not going to be able to ask you. Even though, I mean, is everything Dana says true? I mean, Mm -hmm. after the first time this, this fight happened with Masvidal and Diaz, he did say it would never be defended again. Yeah. I expect him to say the same thing. After this fight. Sure. But let me ask you, Dom, will this title ever be defended again in the UFC or be fought for again? I would say so.
1: I think th- if, if they're going to do them, I kind of like the way it has transpired. Jorge had it. He retired. He's putting the belt on the winner of this one. Poirier and Gaethje don't have a ton longer left in their careers. They retire. Let's put it up for grabs again. I kind of, if we're going to do it, Let's do it that way. It makes it feel at least a little bit more important, a little bit more special. Let's not start making it a trend here. Let's let's not defend it one, two, three times a year, or even once a year. I feel like it's too much. I like this. It makes it feel a little bit more important. It's more special. It allows more time to build. Like, oh, wait, I forgot that was a thing. Let me go look at the first fight. Let me go look at this fight when it's time for the third.
0: I think this, if we're
1: going to do it again, we keep it exactly how it happened for this go-round.
0: So you're saying every time it's defended, it's when the guy who's holding it sort of retires or something. Is that what you're kind of? I, I think
1: that would be a perfect one. I mean, obviously someone young could take it and change that, but it feels perfect this way. Yeah.
0: Yeah. See, I, I've, I've, this fight doesn't need it, no. and therefore, if a, if a fight's not, either, even, either, if a guy who. How am i trying to word this i'm word vomits coming out right now yeah. if you're not a champion mm-hmm. and you're not in a position to fight for a title mm-hmm. and a fight is not vastly improved by having a title in it then why do it like i, I don't understand yeah. why the ufc were so reluctant to just give this the headlining spot this could have headlined a pay-per-view without it. hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. hundred. hundred. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about the quality of the fight here and not just mm-hmm. that, but these are two guys. I mean, Dustin Poirier, I think it's a little under the radar. How much of a star that guy has become following oh, yeah. those Conor McGregor fights. Sure. I'm not saying you want to make a habit out of putting him on a card with no title fight and having mm-hmm. him headline, but with Justin Gaethje, two action fighters who have built the reputation for themselves for that yeah. reason. Yeah. The BMF's unnecessary. Yeah. I'm not going to hate on it. Cause it like, it's so unnecessary that like it being there does not take away from it either. Mm-hmm. But I'm just saying I would rather it just die after this. Like, yeah, it is cool that they are bringing in Jorge to wrap it around the waist. I think that's a nice little touch. Mm-hmm. I mean, it makes more sense. Like, Hey man, I know we love the rock, but. it really didn't make any sense for the rock to be right Right, i mean the rock's a bad motherfucker i mean the rock's a bad motherfucker but when i think of like a baddest motherfucker and especially when you look at nate diaz and jorge masvidal Mm -hmm. and kind of their styles the rock is like the least of that in the wwe Yeah. yeah Like I feel like maybe that's something like Mike Tyson comes in and does. I saw right? they even did a promo for this card with him. As a matter of fact. Oh, they so. did. No, yeah, cool. he did
1: like a voiceover. So I'll have to I'll have to look that up. But
0: yeah, this fight's gonna be it's gonna deliver. I sure hope. Again, I get oh. nervous with the Dominic. I get nervous with the nothing is guaranteed in this sport. This is the one I feel like you could put the guarantee. No, on no, and no. It won't don't you, you dare don't put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby. Don't <laughs> you dare. Because I I have still had nightmares about Yuri Prohaska by submission and Yeah. Yeah. Zhang Wei Lee by oh I think submission. Three seconds. <laughs> oh, yeah, her versus Joanna too. I wasn't even thinking about that. I was thinking yeah. of the Carla Sparza uh, Oh, fight. yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah.
0: Nothing is a guarantee in this sport. So I'm just saying, though, this is as close as you can get the one. There you go. There you go. Perfect. But it's not a guarantee. Not a guarantee. I mean, we could get like a – I mean, Dom, imagine to. like an Aspinall Blade situation. Oh. What do you think What <laughs> What? what – what is it – what do you think – those people in Utah would do. Do you think they'd riot in the streets?
1: Post Malone
0: lives in Utah, doesn't he? He does live in Utah. Yep. If there was a riot in Utah, I'm talking havoc on the streets. Mm-hmm. No police in sight. Mm-hmm. Or maybe they're there, but they're overwhelmed. Sure. They're not prepared for this, though. Right. They just wanted to have a family and, you know, yeah. just live a normal life. Right. Now all of a sudden they're in a riot. Yeah. Would you take that opportunity to go to Post Malone's ranch and force him to be friends with you?
1: That's an easy yes. You knew that was going to come out from me there.
0: <laughs> <laughs> just imagine Post Malone looking out as, I don't know wow. how many stories his ranches but I'm just... Imagine him, like, on a balcony. He I'm just like... looks over, and you're just holding up a sign. It just says, like, <laughs> I want to be your friend or something. You're playing a yeah. jukebox. It's kind of, people would look at it and go, like, what is he trying to make him his girlfriend or something? This is weird, yeah, like bad. rock at the window situation. But your your, intention, your intent on that would be in the right place. Of course. Anyways, uh, co-main event time, Dominic. Mm. This, <laughs> You know, you mm. ready for a hot take? Sure. This is my most anticipated fight of the weekend. Ooh. Yep. I'm here for And that. I will admit, I will admit, there's a pretty good chance it's not the most exciting fight of the weekend. Yeah, yeah, good point. But it's the one I'm most invested in. Very intrigued. I think, it, I think there's the most at stake here. Mm-hmm. What I'm talking about is the former light heavyweight champion, Polish power himself, Mystic Peas, maybe second favorite fighter behind McGregor. And Doppelganger. Jan yes, and Doppelganger, <laughs> that's right. Although, he did look like, those pictures of him without the beard. Yeah, without the beard. <laughs> yeah. Our buddies, Jake and Nick brothers, did mm-hmm. that not look like literally... Yeah, the, the first one was combined? big time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well... Jan back 40 years old, still Mm -hmm. doing his thing. And he is welcoming the former middleweight champion, Alex Pereira. Having a pretty quick turnaround for a guy who got knocked out cold in his last fight. Yeah. And we're going to find out something here, that's for sure. Because Jamal Hill's out as the UFC light heavyweight champion. We thought this fight could get bumped to a title fight. UFC decided to move away from that and say the winner of this will be in that vacant title fight. Dominic, out of all the storylines for this one, the belt, Pereira's debut, does Blahovic still have it? What kind of fight are we going to get here? I want to ask you, that wasn't the question, that's just another storyline. Question within the, yeah. <laughs> the, the... The question is... Which storyline are you most interested in finding out?
1: Well, betting bias included. All eyes for me are on Alex Pereira's debut at 205 pounds. How's he going to look? How's he going to fill out? Talking about a guy that's a world-class kickboxer, glory kickboxing champion, knocked out Israel Adesanya to become a middleweight champion, and he was powerful at 185 pounds. How powerful is this man about to be at 205 pounds? I really feel like this is probably the weight class for him. This is a big dude, six foot four, very muscular, very ripped. He's going to honestly probably look bigger than Jan Blahovich. I wouldn't be surprised. I'm very intrigued to look at weigh-ins tomorrow and then once they're filled out again for the ceremonials. But that's where it's at for me. How's Alex going to look? How's he going to fill out? And uh, this is not an easy welcome fight to the division a former champion someone who has beaten israel adesanya who's is a very similar style to alex and did it with relative ease not super easy but he, he found success and when he found mm. it he kept going to it over and over again Now i'm sure we're going to get into that can alex fight that off can he keep it as his fight if alex keeps it as his fight then he has to avoid legendary polish power there's a lot of things alex is gonna have to do here to show here and if he can and he wins he's gonna be fighting for a second ufc title all before having what will be his 10th total mma fight noah
0: it's impressive man i remember when he made his debut and even his second fight you know bruno silva's really good yeah but to get that decision victory, you know, against a guy that was fought mostly on the feet. Yes, mm-hmm. he rocked Silva in the third round. But I was kind of like, I think I, I probably even said it on the pod. Now there's, you know, there's no like, oh, I might have said this back. There's receipts. There's evidence there's, there's receipts. <laughs> like I can't hide from it. But I'm gonna guess I was telling everybody to pump the brakes on him versus Adesanya. I was like, come on, sure. guys, like that's crazy. Mm-hmm. Then he knocks out Sean Strickland the way he did, and I was all for it, but I was still like, this yep. fighting. I mean, let's yep. still keep our expectations in check. Then he knocked out Israel Adesanya, <laughs> and my jaw was on the floor. Yeah, And you would think it's like, should it have been? Obviously, in hindsight, it's like, no, it shouldn't have been. I mean, it's it, it, it was a very winnable fight mm-hmm. for either man going in. But... Yeah, I'm just so impressed by uh, what Alex Pereira has already accomplished and what he's on the verge of accomplishing yeah. in such a short amount of time. And it has to be the biggest storyline for this fight, Dominic. I mean, there's so many. I listed off a few of them. Mm-hmm. I think they each have a very interesting element. Blahovic once again, being underestimated, I think, by a lot of people, including Dominic himself. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, one of the early storylines of this podcast was me constantly mm-hmm. counting out Jan Blahovic or overlooking him in for different challengers and him just putting them away, just yeah. one after another. Sure, I think that's interesting. I think the style that this fight will be fought with is going to be very intriguing. That's why I'm saying I, I'm I can't guarantee that this fight will be explosive or mm. amazing. Mm. But whichever way, it, it, we're going to find out a lot in round one. I can tell you that. The fight yes. might be over before the end of round one. We're going to
1: know the winner in round one. Even if the fight doesn't end in round one, yeah. we're going to know the winner.
0: But what I will say is the comparisons for Alex Pereira moving up to Israel Adesanya, I think are being a little overstated. I see what people are getting at. You know, Both former middleweight champions, both obviously big-time kickboxers. They have quite a history together. We all know this. Mm-hmm. Adesanya went up, didn't really take the time to get his no. body more into that frame of a 205-pounder, and he paid the price for it. Mm-hmm. Going up against a much bigger man and Jan Blahovic, who was able to wrestle him and just kept going back to it. Alex Pereira... Is much bigger, is a he much more natural 205. Yeah. 205 pounder. I am not concerned with how Pereira is necessarily going to fill out power wise, or um, I mean, I don't know what else here. The comparisons to Izzy going up, I think, are a little overstated. Mm-hmm. Like this idea that well, he's going up against 205 pounders, so. Since they're all bigger, Blahovich is just going to be able to like take him down and hold him down. I'm like, well, yeah. I mean, yeah. that could happen, but I don't think it's because Pereira is used to being 185 pounds and, yeah. and he weighs in. I don't think that's really why that is. I will say what's interesting is I do think Pereira's power is going to hold up very well moving up 20 pounds. Oh, I think yeah. if anything, it might be even more devastating. Yes. But he is going up against a lot bigger guys. And Jan Blahovic included it is is a much bigger guy than probably anybody Pereira's fought Mm. in MMA. So Blahovic, while he may be, you know, a little slower, so Pereira might be able to use that speed to catch him. He is gonna have more of that strength in those exchanges in the clinch or in the grappling exchanges. And We know Pereira, Dominic, I mean, it's call a spade a spade. Pereira does not have great grappling defense up to this point. That's true. Israel Adesanya was able to wrestle him down. That's just, it's a fact, in my Mm -hmm. opinion, that it's just, he has obviously not been in full-time MMA that long. He has done incredible considering his limitations, and I still think he's got a lot left in him despite his limitations. And I don't ever expect him to be a great grappler or mm. um, a guy who, when someone is committed to the shot, you know, I think they're going to get it a lot of times, especially at this weight class. However, or to summarize everything I just said, I don't foresee Jan Blachowicz coming out here and being able to do to Pereira what he did to Izzy. I don't, I don't think mean- it's going to happen that way. Yeah. I don't believe – I. you can convince me he'll be able to take Pereira down. I could I could see that. might even bet it. I don't mm-hmm. know. <laughs> feeling, feeling a little frisky, huh? Yeah. However, I think the Utah element is a factor here for sure. I yeah. it. trying to wrestle for 25 minutes against Pereira it doesn't sound like a great time
1: for mm-hmm. either guy.
0: Yeah, I just don't think that's how it goes, Dominic. I think Blahovich is coming in here potentially looking to mix it up for sure. I think, but I do think he's going to look to strike with Pereira. I do, yes, yes. I don't think he's going to look to keep it on the feed all the time. I think he wants to keep him guessing. One thing you're going to want to try to neutralize if you're out, Jan Blahovich, is the leg kicks of Pereira. And I think by mixing in some shots, some takedowns with some striking exchanges will keep him honest and keep him more of a one-note striker. You mm-hmm. basically just using his hands, not wanting to risk getting his leg caught taken to the yep. ground. But the longer those exchanges go on the feet, Pereira's left hand is going to catch him, man. He's going to see the opening. Yeah. Yeah. You've seen the video, I'm sure on Twitter of the, the openings for Blachowicz mm-hmm. on the counter with the, the left hand. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's really just tailor made for Pereira. Yeah. I will not be shocked if Jan Blahovich wins this fight, but I do not foresee it being the same way it happened to Izzy. I, feel like we're we're getting, I think we're getting, this getting the same finish. way. We're getting a finish here. I think
1: so. I really do. Yeah. I think a lot of people even underestimate Jan's finishing power. Yeah. Not, not, not his power, but his ability to get a finish. I know people know yeah. talk about the Polish power, but he does set them up, and he does have good abilities to get those finishes. But yes, uh, we are two peas in a pod here in the way that we're thinking and approaching this fight, and I think that's interesting. Uh, and I agree with everything you said. Uh, and the questions are just, I mean, again, I said all my focus, and the questions are for Alex, but Jan, like, I feel like. There's a way for him to win this with minimal damage, not as many problems. But like you just said, I don't know if he's looking to do that. I don't know if he can do that at elevation for three rounds. I don't know if he can. And if he's striking, that's that's risky business. And I know he's got power. And Alex hasn't felt 205 power, right? You know, I get that. But it, the the op the openings I feel like offensively for Alex will be more than the openings that he will present for Jan to have back.
0: I apologize. I realized I said 25 minutes earlier. I meant 15 minutes. But
1: even if it's 15, right? No difference. It's going to be like opinion. 25.
0: <laughs> it yeah, could. That's what I meant. No, <laughs> yeah. just yeah. yeah. I I'm really trying to not count out Jan Blahovic here, and I really don't think I am. I, it to me, this fight on the odds, like I know you didn't. You looked at it, and was like, wow, like Blahovic is the favorite. Yeah. I think Blahovic should be the favorite. He's the guy that we know. Who he is as a light heavyweight, and he has arguably more avenues to win. I mean, who's to say? I mean, yeah. we're talking about the striking as if that's some severe mismatch, but Blovich is a very talented striker, mm-hmm. and he's got great knockout power, and he is 205 pounds. This is the first time Prayer is gonna face that. It is not an advantage for him to stay in that um that area for too long, but he, if he knocked out Pereira, I would not be absolutely like dumbfounded. No, Mm-mm. the most dumbfounding way this fight ends, in my opinion, is a decision. And I think a lot of people are going to think Blahovich has the he's is going to be able to do that. And I just don't think that's what he's coming in here looking to do.
1: I could see Alex winning a decision before Jan.
0: Whoa, okay, that's actually, that yeah. might be crazier. <laughs> that's I mean, actually, you took it one, we, we've been passing the ball back and forth. <laughs> and then C, there it was. And you just took it like one step, two foot long. I'm like, whoa. Yeah. Um, that is interesting though, Dom, I will say, but I think you're fucking high.
1: <clears throat> <clears throat> On to the rest.
0: Yeah, let's move into the rest of UFC 291. The whole card, man. The I mean, world. yeah, this this card, this card pretty good pretty good dominic where do you want to start down the line wonder boy
1: thompson i gotta yeah. go there first i think hey because, late uh, addition
0: to the main card right this is the one yeah that replaced, and uh, as Costa it should Akram. be yep.
1: they, they should be on the main card and this is uh interesting here michelle Pereira, uh 29 years old looks 43 fighting against stephen thompson who is a legitimate 40 year old i heard a uh, GC to turn around some of those uh, age stats like you talk about sometimes on here and how the younger guy, especially with a 10 year discrepancies has like a 13 and one record or something crazy. I don't remember what the numbers were, but it was something like that. But I'm going to be honest with you here and Michelle, man, Hey, five fight, win streak. He's looked better and better. He's really calmed down from doing flips and shit in the cage and become a more complete, smart fighter. I struggle to see him. The way that he fights, working against Stephen Thompson. I'm struggling to see him win that way. Stephen Thompson arguably just had the best performance of his career at 39 going on 40 against Kevin Holland. It was a okay. beautiful performance. Then you look at a win before that when he beat Jeff Neal. It was one of his best performances of his career. This man's aging like a fine wine. No wonder he looks so damn good to be 40 years old. I can only hope to look that good when I'm 40 years old. And Michelle Pereira loves to strike and do this with the guys, and I don't think that's his path here. But I feel like that's what he's going to think. If he tries to grapple, it could be a different story. But again, let's talk about elevation here. Can he, a guy that has shown to not have a good gas tank even in the past, you add an elevation and think he's going to try and grapple Wonderboy? I don't know if that's a good combination. I'm all over Wonderboy at a minus 150 price tag, Noah. Whoa. What do you think on this fight?
0: Okay, that's that's bold in my opinion. Um, I don't hate it. Like, I don't think it's, like, terrible. I'm not, like, all over Pereira at his price. I can confirm I don't have any action on this fight yet. Um, I do not have everything ready to go. What I'll say is I believe some of the points you made about Pereira, there is some evidence or patterns – over his last couple fights to sort of say that you're maybe overlooking some changes he's made. Mm-hmm. I do believe he's a more complete fighter here. Mm-hmm. He's not a better striker, but he, mm-hmm. over his last couple of fights, has landed multiple takedowns in each fight. He's a much bigger guy naturally. He's huge. I think that plays a factor. When you were talking about Stephen Thompson, how great he looked against Kevin Holland and Jeff Neal, Valid points, but you did kind of skip over those two fights in between those, the Gilbert Burns and Bilal Muhammad fight, which are the styles. that That's the playbook, right, mm. for how to beat him at this point. And Kevin Holland, whether people like it or not, Kevin Holland basically went in there and said he basically fought against how he should to mm. get a win, and he even admitted it. He said, I just wanted to strike and have a war. He literally, didn't he do like a handshake agreement with Wonderboy about not taking each other down? (laughs) That
1: sounds like something that could have happened, yeah.
0: Yes, I mean, I'm pretty sure that's what happened, and Wonderboy's like, well, fuck, yeah, I won't take you down, I promise. (laughs) And, again, it was a great fight. Wonderboy looked awesome. He still had to go in there and win against a really talented guy and Kevin Holland. But, just worth noting. Mm. Um, I'm saying all this not to say like, oh, I'm super big on Pereira as the underdog here. I do think that this is uh, this would be the biggest win of his career by far. Oh. The gas tank is definitely something that is uh, probably the most noteworthy thing you mentioned. Like I think that's still something that could play a big factor when you, of course, like we keep talking about bringing the Utah effect. I think his gas tank has gotten better. Yeah. Over his last couple of fights. You know, I remember when he when he had that fight against uh I saw this going around Twitter too, but when he fought Tristan Connolly, I think this was in Canada, it was like 2018, 2019. they showed him in the back before his fight, and he's like throwing all these high knee like high yeah. knees and doing all these spinning kicks, like gassed himself out before the fight even started. Mm-hmm. I think he's he's not that guy anymore, Dom. He's more not mature. the guy that's doing the backflips, you know, yeah. when he's got a fighter down on the ground. He has showed a much more composed and just all-around more effective style of fighting. It's not been the most exciting over his last couple. I mean, the Fialo fight was pretty good. Mm-hmm. but like the Nico Price and Ponzanibio fights, I don't really remember those being like, maybe Ponzanibio fight might've been okay. I don't remember it, but I remember that Nico Price fight wasn't all that great. I think he's a very live dog here. I think he's, I think the value, if I had to lean away, like on the, on the lines wise, I'm taking that plus money on Pereira. or pass. Yeah. But I will admit like it's fair. Cause even at 40 years old, it's like, it's Michelle Pereira taking on Steven Thompson. Big jump, too. A big jump. Well. Like Pereira has yet to prove that he can fight someone of Ranked. Wonder Boy's caliber. And yeah, old habits die hard. Like I said about Gage Hughes. to say that he doesn't fall in love with the the moment? Maybe the crowd gets really into mm-hmm. it. <clears throat> All of a sudden, this guy's gyrating and doing backflips in the cage. <laughs> it, it's it's not crazy.
1: Yeah. Also, I like that's a good even though
0: he's that much bigger, because another thing with Wonderboy, he the biggest hindrance to him is not like at this with his age, is he's gotten a little slower. Yeah. And for a guy that depends on his movement so much to evade the shot and be able to counter and all that, he's a little slower to the point where he's getting caught a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Even in the Holland fight, he was busted up. Mm-hmm. You know, he's been busted up before even the or the jeff neal fight was the one where he got busted up even though he won like every round you've seen it a little bit more and more where he's starting to get busted up a little bit starting to get caught a little bit more but michelle Pereira, for being as big as he is he he does have 10 wins via knockout dom but i don't really see the 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 one punch power
1: yeah he can like explode you know, yeah. athletically, but yeah. doesn't, like you said, have that power. Like if he yeah. catches
0: you with one of those flying knees or spinning roundhouse kicks, yeah. That's probably I mean, a different story. That's yeah. all she wrote. But <laughs> I typically those are not set up very well. And when it comes to his actual exchanging on the feet, he's, I don't think he's got like crazy power. So I, I think yeah. his size will mostly be an advantage in grappling. But you're right. The Utah effect may play a big factor here.
1: Yeah, I want like you know, and I even I could see him getting a takedown, but can he keep Wonder Boy down for you know right. two out of three rounds technically to win? Yeah. I don't know. I just I, I feel strongly on Wonder Boy going in. We'll see if I feel that way Saturday.
0: I'm curious your thoughts on this next one, Dominic. Tony Ferguson taking on Bobby Green. Tony Ferguson, we all know the story. He's lost five fights in a row. Mm-hmm. Uh, three of those in that span have been via finish. He recently, I'm just kind of mentioning this to paint the full picture. He had that incident where he was uh, driving while under the influence and he Mm. turned his truck over, I think. You've had some mental health stuff with Tony. It's, I'll be honest, I'm a little uncomfortable with this fight. Is That's fair. Like, I'm excited for it. I have high, I'm, I'm hoping for the best, but I unfortunately am also expecting the worst here.
1: But I can't help
0: Dominic that DraftKings, really Vegas in general. Oh yeah. Every li- these lines yeah. threw me for a loop, man. Yeah. Because I love Bobby Green, but Bobby Green being that big of a favorite over anybody in the UFC,
1: and we're talking feels, almost minus four
0: hundred here. Yeah, I mean that 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 feels inflated. Yeah. Even despite. However, you anybody thinks Tony may have looked, or he factor in he's 39, five straight losses, all that. Mm. Bobby Green is very exciting to watch. He's a very fun guy to watch. He's, he's good. I mean, we have the win over Ally Quinnah, Najrat Haqparas, and they took that fight with Islam Makachev on like a week notice or something. Mm-hmm. I love the guy, but he hasn't exactly looked that great you know he looked good against drew dober until he got caught the jared gordon fight was a weird one you know you had the thought it was a finish for um for bobby and then it turned out it was a headbutt that caused it so
1: and he didn't look great in that one really. no i thought
0: he looked kind of bad actually. yeah it's especially just hard because to... jared
1: gordon was striking with him you yeah
0: know? yeah so i look at this fight dominic and i'm uh, it's so tempting the jump on that tony ferguson line Mm. I, I mean, Vegas is so obvious with trying to trying to bait people into taking Tony here, mm. and yet I, I want to do it so bad. Yeah, but I just feel like it's uh, it's the most likely outcome here is that that's a waste of money.
1: Yeah, well, I'll be sure to let you know because I took the bait.
0: The hooks oh, in my mouth. Boy, you did. Oh, I'm you sorry, crazy guys. son of a bitch. I love but... it, Dom.
1: Plus 300 against Bobby Green in 2023. I think that's crazy. I think that's crazy. Yeah, Tony Ferguson's lost five in a row. Yeah, the last one was against Nate Diaz, but holy shit. I mean, look at the competition that he's still losing to. These are still really good fighters at the end of the day, and I'd like to think, you know, Bobby Green's lost four out of his last six. Drew Dober, Rafael, or I'm sorry, and Tiago Moises. I'd like to think those two at least, Tony Ferguson could hang with and maybe even beat. So I... I still, and maybe Tony has nothing left. Maybe he has absolutely zero left to give and left to offer. But damn it, I'm gonna find out. And I'm gonna take the chance on this odds to find out because this is a jump back from you know the gay and the the Oliveras that Tony has losing to on this streak. This is Bobby Green, who, in his last fight, did not look too good, has lost a lot of fights recently, is getting up there in age as well. I I, maybe the only worry for me here is that if Tony is trying to like straight up just strike and box without mixing it up, probably going to run into some problems. But if Tony just mixes it up even a little bit with some kicks and some of those wild elbows, do do me some fucking Arminari rolls or however you call it, maybe mix in some takedowns. I'm very intrigued and think that a plus 300 is not a bad bet. Maybe people are thinking I'm an idiot and I'll accept that if it's egg on my face if he loses, but I, I couldn't, I had to do it. Right. I had to play this, and if he proves me wrong, that's okay. I'm fine going down with a plus 300 ticket.
0: Yeah, I I don't blame you at all, Dominic. I think it takes, I mean, I don't, it's, I mean, it's it's clearly like they're trying to bait people into doing it, but I think, Dominic, when you look at the story of this fight, so much is being made about the struggles of Tony Ferguson, and it's fair. It's completely fair. Mm-hmm. But it's making everybody like blind to the fact that Bobby Green's not exactly in this like best spot either. Yeah. He's been acting a little strange. He wants, he's going to get his name legally changed to King. Mm. King, you Green. know? Yeah. Like, no, just King, not Green. Oh, just King. J- okay. Just King, which will be very interesting to see if Bruce Buffer is able to just <laughs> King. Get- King. That's it. There you go. Um, I, I'm not trying to say Bobby Green has, like, some mental health issues or any. I'm not trying to, like, say anything like that. But the performances in the octagon have been, I think the best way to put it has been um, mixed bag. Mm,
1: mm-hmm. I would argue his
0: Rafael Fazayev performance was, like, one of the best I've ever seen him look. And that was yep. a loss. Yep. Ally Quinna to knock him out in round one. So oh, that great. great. Yeah. Nazareth Hawk press he looked awesome obviously the Islam fight he took it on such I mean, short notice it's yeah. a mismatch you get it Drew Dober I thought he looked pretty good until he got caught it's just the Jared Gordon one so I think it clearly Bobby Green has looked a lot better than Tony Ferguson has over their last five fights but yeah you make a good point the competition right huh. Bobby or Tony has basically fought all the best of his division and then Nate Diaz. Yeah. I thought in the Nate Diaz fight, there I've never seen so many different opinions on a fight than that yeah, one. Yeah, I've heard a lot Dominic. of people said they were I, so disappointed I, by Tony. So, that's, you know what's so weird about that fight? Not only did I like the fight, I thought Tony looked pretty good in the fight. Is that, yeah. I, I don't know if I'm crazy. No. I thought he had moments. It was a weird fight. Don't get me it, wrong. It was definitely weird. And maybe it was more that Nate just looked worse than he had previously Mm. but I thought Tony did better than I expected him to do and yes he did end up getting submitted which you wouldn't have thought but um, all I'm just trying to say is it doesn't look great for Tony but it's Tony Ferguson versus Bobby Green everybody keeps talking about how in 2019 if you put those odds in front of someone they'd be like the fuck yeah. That's, that's not even like they're like, that's not even a real thing. That, can't, that could never be the case. Yeah. We're here. It's time we find out. Is that really how it is? There it is. Because they're baiting everybody to do it. But I don't blame anybody for taking it. Because if he wins, who gets the last laugh? Dominic. Oh, I'll be chuckling. Don't you worry. <laughs> be chuckling. All right. Next fight here, Dominic, to open our pay per view. I'm rocking the shirt. Kevin Holland, we already talked about him. Trail, Blazer, Big Mouth himself. Also rocking the war hat. Shout out Dustin Poirier. I forgot to mention that. Hopefully someone's probably already commented by now by like how dumb it is for a guy like me to wear that hat. That's kind of the point. I get it. I do not belong in this hat, but I had to wear it for this. I will wear it while watching the fight Saturday, but I will never wear this in public. I just (laughs) do not belong in it. But it's a cool hat. I can't Yeah, it it is. Um, kevin holland taking on michael kiesa an interesting one here not the kind of fight i would expect to see kevin holland take if i'm being honest dominic mm-hmm. seems like a bad matchup for him in some ways one and also take. not that kevin holland's against you know taking on a bad matchup but it just seems like he's a guy that's looking to scrap looking at fun fights kiesa Clearly has had some fun fights, but also is a guy really looking to get himself back on track and get back into win column and try to make it one more run probably before it's time to hang him up. He's 35. He's a great wrestler. He's lost two in a row. This is a big fight for him. He's going to be looking in here, looking to come in here and win a fight no matter how entertaining it is. Mm. So it's a weird matchup two guys with completely different motivations and I'm not sure who that favors. Do you have an opinion on that? Do you do you have someone who you favor based off the mindset, the mentality that they come in here with?
1: I think this is one of the harder fights on the card to get a good read on, to be honest. I think it's a tough one. Maybe you, would, some would think on paper, like, oh, well, I mean, it seems simple, right? Michael should look to wrestle and Kevin should look to keep it on the feet. You know, yeah, all in all, I guess that's accurate. But I don't know. There's something about this one that I could not really feel confident either way. Kevin Holland's had some weird, wacky performances uh, as of late, you know, in the, some of those losses, and I know one of them's even to Hamzat, which is weird and it doesn't make sense. But still, just some of his performances are a little strange. And then, but you look at the other side, Kiesa hasn't even fought since November of 2021, and it is a two-fight skid that Noah mentioned. One of them, of course, a finish even by Luke. But and this is going to sound, you know, kind of I don't know, petty. But you look at that Sean Brady fight. Remember how Kiesa finished? That fight and how incredible he came on in that third round. And I don't know if he's just had injuries or was just wanting to take some time away, but I like this comeback spot for Kiesa. I know Kevin is what, or like a minus 140. So Kiesa's plus 120 ish. I'd say that's fair, but I just can't get a read on this fight. Do you lean any way? Do you have any even inkling of a prediction of how this fight can go? Is it as simple as Kiesa should look to grapple, Kevin should
0: look to strike? Is it that simple? No, it's not that simple. It is on behalf of Kiesa, because I know you just mentioned how he came back against Sean Brady. He will not be able to do that against Kevin Holland. Mm. He will. That will be bad. Yeah, that would be a bad thing to do. He should crotch sniff till the end of the (laughs) the next day. That's what Mm. he should be doing. Get this fight to the ground by any means necessary. And I'm not saying that because Kevin Holland is some supremely devastating striker, but Dominic, we are talking about a, you know, about a six and a half inch reach advantage here. You know, Kevin Holland's a very big, long guy. He does have power. He is very, what's the word I'm looking for? Not wild. He's, he's, he's pretty talented on the feet. I guess I'll just say, Hmm. um, Kiesa has a clear advantage. Take this fight down, but, I have the this vivid – this fight is so hard to predict and yet so vivid in my mind of what I think is going to happen here. Oh, okay. I think Michael Chiesa has some early success with takedowns. Dare I say he even potentially takes round one by just mm, controlling. Okay. Maybe a little bit of ground and pound, but mostly just control. Not the most exciting. I think round two, he'll get another takedown. Early this time mm-hmm. and it's like, Oh shit, this is how this fight's going to go. They're kind of doing that for a couple minutes. But Dominic, I think he yes, is going to start to slow down a little bit. Perhaps I'm overstating this Utah effect, but it affected everybody last year mm-hmm. when they fought. And I think he's going to start to get a little more tired and he's going to be stuck, not being very active. And, Kevin Holland's going to be really being active, trying to get back to his feet. Dominic, I think they're going to get back up. They're going to be standing. I think Kevin Holland's going to start laying bombs on Kiesa. Kiesa's going to go for a pretty bad shot. And then that's when Kevin Holland jokes him out. Oh, this would make for a fantastic clip, by the way.
1: <laughs> Hindsight, would. of course. It would. So round two, <laughs> yeah.
0: Kevin Holland's submission. That's the official prediction.
1: Okay. Okay, I'm here for that. I like that prediction.
0: But would not surprise me if Kiesa won. I do think the odds for this fight make sense. Actually, I kind of almost feel like it should be the other way. Like I think the mm. Kevin Holland being so hard to get nail a read down. on. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, you said that about his performances. I will say he has been. Better at being consistent as of late. The Stephen Thompson fight's the huge outlier in his last five fights, and the Hamzat one shouldn't even count, really.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: He got dominated, but, I mean, that card. Was, that, that fight. week, All asterisks all around Yeah, that yeah. card. Uh, but Ponzinibbio was his last fight. He knocked him out cold. That was an awesome knockout. Yeah, he looked good that whole fight. That was the one. Ponzinibbio was lighting him up with leg mm-hmm. kicks, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tim Means... Took him out. Alex Oliveira was his debut in the weight class. Like those are his last five fights. Like I think there is a divide. You know, Wonder Boy and Hamzat. He didn't look that great against Ponzinibbio. Yeah, at I one see. time was up here. You get what I'm saying. But mm-hmm. Tim means Alex Oliveira. He's he's looked good in the weight class. I think he fits well in this weight class. I think he's got a good chance of making a big run in this weight class. But we just need to see that consistency and that's going to be something we talk about in every Kevin Holland. Preview, it's the it mindset like. thing, right? You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's just kind of fucking around having a good time. Yeah. And yeah. That's great. Actually. I mean, I'm, I'm cool with that, but for what we kind of do on the show, you know, you kind of have to talk about things a little bit deeper. Yeah. Doesn't it feel like he's the type of guy that if
1: he really did make that flip that switch, if you will, he could really put together, I think a really Good run it's hard I don't to know, know how far it like I don't go, know how but... much
0: it, I don't know how much it affects his training like I don't know if he kind of does he just sort of fuck around a lot of times while training I have no idea I'm not accusing him of that I'm just saying for what he is as a fighter if he were like you said to be more have more of that drive and consistency then yeah he's a he's a problem man He's talented man. Man. Very talented. He's only twenty nine years old, or thirty years old, I think now. But he's entering the sweet spot. You know? Clearly, he could be more than he is. But he's also, if he took that away, would he be as popular as he is? You mm. know, would he get these big spots like he's getting? He's sort of filling the Donald Cerrone role. A lot of people compare those two. He's kind of that guy. He's sort of the. He's sort of a BMF in of fight anybody like, yeah he's at a point where if he was in a future bmf matchup it would not feel out of place yeah yeah wow that's so well, he's that. at that kind of spot anyways dominic anyways. what uh fight you want to go over next anything else
1: i mean by golly that's the main card huh i mean the prelims <laughs> are great the the very fun fights i think through and through good prospects the some veterans sprinkled in how about the black Derek beast Lewis. Is on blues. this card, yeah. number eleven ranked. Strange that he's all the way back there now. I feel like he's been in that top ten, top eight for so many years. Now he's fighting someone unranked, and Marcos Rogério de Lima, two big old boys. I remember when this fight got announced. Noah said, "It ain't gonna last long in the Utah elevation. This is gonna be sloppy. It's gonna be nasty and sweaty. And someone is getting slept?" Question mark or? Will we as fans be left to fall asleep for this fight?
0: I was about to say, Dominic, how many times do I got to tell you? Stop toting that line with the guarantees here. Mm. If this fight goes longer than round one, we're in trouble. Yep. <laughs> we're in trouble. Uh-huh. hmm I don't even know what to say, man. Derek Lewis is just so much fun.
1: I feel like the first two minutes are going to be chaos, and if it isn't over... That's when you start
0: sweating. If you're Derek Lewis, I think you come in here and you're like, what do you have to lose? You've lost four of your Literally. last five. Yeah. Only one in that span was against Chris Dawkins, who's now went down a weight class. We're talking Cyril Gunn, Taitui Ivasa, and the Sergeys, Polar Bear, and uh, <laughs> yeah, both <laughs> Pavlovich. Most of those in pretty quick fashion. Mm-hmm. And a lot of those are some of the best heavyweights in the world. So this is that kind of appropriate step back. Rogerio de Lima used to, you would watch him and you'd go, This guy has, you'd probably say he has a worse gas tank. Like he just, he would gas out really bad in his fights. He has seemed to have gotten better at that. He does seem to have taken a jump. He does seem like a guy who I believe fits in the top 15 of heavyweight. I still, feel like I'm going to end up putting money on Derek Lewis. I just I feel he's like an under – he's a plus 180, and I know yeah. that DeLima has more paths to victory. He's got power on the feet. You saw what he did to Ben Rothwell. I mean, the guy has good – he's got good hand speed for heavyweight, good power, mm-hmm. and he's got, he's got the capabilities to wrestle. He yes. will not – he has more paths here, but when you have the one-shot power, when you have the most knockouts in UFC history like Derek Lewis does – it's at heavyweight. What does he have to lose? I think he goes for it here. Kind of like how he did against Pavlovich. Didn't work out there. We'll see if it works out here. I'll probably end up throwing something on him. And I'm not going to look bad an eye at that, Noah, as yeah. you should. I, I'm not saying that the odds are wrong, but at heavyweight, even more unpredictable than any other weight class. So mm-hmm. One shot's all it takes. Um, Anything else I want to talk about? think that's pretty much it for me I, you know what actually we'll talk i'll talk about one more not one that maybe people would expect us to talk about uh dominic where do you stand on random maverick right now yeah you know
1: um we're looking back on that last fight with jasmine yeah and uh, i'm trying to remember i felt like i i had a big come down moment after that fight immediately mm-hmm. but then I, I i kind of have been sitting and i'm looking at this fight and i'm like you know Jasmine has proved to be, I think, a lot better than what we expected coming in sure. to the UFC. I think there's still something there with Miranda, but like I need to see it soon. And that this is like kind of the spot that she should thrive. Mm-hmm. Priscilla Keshwara, you know, zombie girl, whatever her name is, she's wild. She's wild. She's crazy. Has fun fights. But Miranda shouldn't have an issue putting this into her world. And once it's there, Maybe even getting Priscilla out of there. If Miranda loses this one, the come down is real. And I have to really look at how I'm viewing her. Because this is at someone at one point, I'm like, you know, she's part of that 125-pound surge and all these up and comers. But right now, she's on the outside looking in at all these other ones, uh, including like Jasmine Jesuda So she wins here in a dominant fashion. I jump a little bit back on if she loses. That's, that's a tough loss, mm. I think. A very hard loss to come back from.
0: Watching the tape on these two, it, it's weird because I would argue Priscilla Cashwera is the kind of matchup that usually Miranda struggles with the most. Mm. Because there's been one thing I've noticed in her losses with Jasmine, um, Aaron Blanchfield. The Blanchfield one's a little different, but... Something that's consistent, Dominic, is Random Maverick is at her best when she is able to put her opponent on their back foot, pressure, and that's usually when she's at her most effective as a striker. It also helps her with get takedowns much mm-hmm. easier. Whenever the roles are reversed and she's, and she's the, on the one getting getting on the back foot, she is so much less of a fighter.
1: Mm-hmm. Her
0: striking is completely ineffective. And she just kind of wilts under the mm. pressure of that. And Priscilla Cashwera is not near as talented as Miranda Maverick. Mm-hmm. But she's got power, especially for her weight class and you know for the women. And she pressures mm-hmm. and she blitzes like all that. That's yep. that's who she is. If Maverick gets a takedown here, I think that's that's you know, that's probably the way it's going to go. Probably a mm-hmm. submission win for Miranda. It just depends on who wins that kind of, you know, that line there. Who's the one putting the other on the back foot? Miranda's going to have to come in here and earn that respect. Yeah, she is. Priscilla's Gashuera, not going to stop don't respect anybody in there. You saw what yeah. she did to, what's her name? She was like gouging eyes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, So I still heavily lean Miranda Maverick, but it is the kind of matchup that you would not probably want her to have if you were going to bet on her or something, which I did. Mm -hmm. Uh, Spoiler alert. But anyways, Dominic, with that, let's move on to Bellator Ryzen 2. Mm Mm-hmm. Let us not forget now. Still killing it with the fight posters, man. Bellator X Ryzen, they're they, they killing the game on these fight posters, man. Um, So this card is pretty loaded. This is, of course, a card where we are going to be getting five fights on Showtime, Dominic. But the actual Ryzen part of this card, it's got like Juan Archuleta on it. Uh, Patricio Pitbull just got announced for it. Mm-hmm. That will be happening, I believe, after that part of the broadcast, but it will not be on Showtime, so it'll be like a almost like a whole separate thing, sure. So we'll just be watching the Showtime portion of this card. Main event Patricky Pitbull taking on Roberto de Souza. Uh, de Souza stepping in here on very short notice because AJ McKee, unfortunately, is out with an injury. That I means he's out of the lightweight grand prix, too. Mm. Now I've not heard any confirmation on if this, I'm assuming this is still a Grand Prix fight, right? right. Not heard for sure, but we'll, we'll operate under that assumption. Um, also, you will be seeing the first and potentially last Bellator men's flyway champion be crowned here. Cause Kyoji Horiguchi taking on Makoto Shinryu. I only say the last because Bellator is likely being sold, and if they get sold to like PFL, I doubt Bellator will be around anymore. But at least you have 125 pound champions, so that's true. All. Danny Savatello taking on Magomed Magomedov. That's a big oh, one. Oh, man. Kana Watanabe taking on Veda Ortega. In the open to card, Andre Korshkov versus Lorenz Larkin, Dominic. What do you? Which fight are you most excited for on Bellator versus Ryzen 2?
1: I feel like in terms of the action, you look at Andre versus Lorenz Larkin. I think that could be a very fan friendly <laughs> thing. That that's of a seriously
0: fight. my pick, dude. I oh, yeah, love
1: that L- dude. Lorenz Larkin, by the way, number nine at welterweight. He's number seven at middleweight. This man still got it going, Noah dude, Even up there in his 30s such a slept on fighter. So he slept is. On. I remember after his last win, we were talking about him. We talked about him on a cage side rewind. Even like the guy's doing good for himself over in Bellator. I think that's the most fun fight uh, to watch out for and i guess in terms of implications obviously Kyogi could win a title does roberto de sozo win and then he's advancing in the lightweight grand prix and then you have number four number five magomed versus sabatello if it's a there's a lot of good implications here it's a very important card for a lot of these people that's the fight that i'm looking out for and maybe the storyline I think the storylines and implications. I'm going to go with Danny and Magomed, Magomedov. Mm-hmm. I want to see how Danny can bounce back against you know the upper competition. I remember talking about his last fight and all that yeah, bullshit. I, don't I want to get to. you
0: on a roll man. Yeah, yeah, this, yeah. I'm, I'm not going to gig into by, it. I hope this is a guy on the level you're looking for. Because wow. yes, this is no, the I'm fight I'm looking for now. Bombs. I mean, it's a this is a kid show, man. And you're <laughs> yeah, talking, it's a kid show. Bombs. That's crazy.
1: And you, I mean, two phenomenal, fantastic grapplers. It, it might not be a fun fight, but I feel like we're going to see some beautiful transitioning and just really solid grappling and wrestling in that fight. So I think it's going to be fun. What are you looking at? I know you just said you agreed, Andre and Lorenz, in terms of the action. What's the storyline for you? Is there one sticking out to you?
0: It's so unfortunate AJ McKee's off this card because I was so excited for that fight. But we are big flyweight fans around here. Mm-hmm. So no doubt all eyes for me and probably for Dom flyweight title horaguchi i love horaguchi but his run in bellator has been a disappointment so far i would say not it's not that he's looked bad he's just not getting the wins and mm-hmm. going up against a guy that i'm completely unfamiliar with makoto shinrayu i know i believe he fights for Ryzen. this is going to be my introduction to him and for all i know he's about to be the flyweight champion so i'm going in here with no expectations but i'm very excited to see how it goes just because both guys obviously horguchi i believe yeah he fought for yeah he was the ryzen that's how they he came over to belta yeah he was with yeah that's right for a second i almost convinced myself i'm like wait was it one no okay (laughs) ryzen um yeah, I think that that's that's the fight I'm most the storyline I'm most interested in because I just know so little about how that fight will go. Can uh, Roberto pull off the upset? Short notice against
1: number two Patricky Pitbull, implement himself into the sweepstakes for the lightweight grand prix. Yeah. Guys beaten Spike Carlisle. He fought AJ McKee and lost. He submitted to Musayev in the past. Yeah. No slouch for Patricky here, I would say at least. No,
0: definitely not a slouch. I, I would say that it he is it would be he is a live dog in my opinion, because mm. he's very talented. I mean, using Spike Carlisle is a notable win. I mean, come on. You know, man, I had some, to do it. Have that. some respect for yourself. But, Maybe I should have put Tafik first and then Spike. Yeah, I was about to say I'm like, <laughs> you put Spike first. Like, come on, man. No, no, I like Spike, but they um, De Souza God, I don't know how I think that fight's going to go. Because you know, even Patrici lost three out of. His last I will four admit, there. I'll admit, with Patrici, I am not that high on him mm-hmm. anymore. Yeah, yeah. So for him to lose to a short notice opponent, I, I there's Roberto D'Souza is a very talented short notice opponent. Tons of finishes too. Yeah. So it would not surprise me. Patricio he is, he's, he's a durable guy though. It's going to be tough. Like D'Souza is going to have to really try to crack him. I think early. Cause I think the longer it goes, the more it favors yes. Pitbull. Yeah. Not really. This is a question. Not really, I guess for this card, cause we're technically not watching the rising portion, but what do you make of uh, his brother Patricio taking a fight on what a month notice? And he's, in the after ring, losing you at 135 pounds. Yeah, he's fighting, I believe, a rising kick or some kickboxer. He's fighting at like 154 pounds, about 20 more than he fought for last month. What do you make of it, Dom? Why, what, why is this happening? Why is Ryzen doing this? They're just trying
1: to, I don't know, maybe it has something to do with that sale coming down. Maybe just Ryzen's going to take over Bellator and then Ryzen's going to merge with the PFL. Yeah. No, I don't know. I think it's cool though. They're trying to stack this card. Obviously, it's good for. The rising crowd, I'm sure, to get some of these Bellator uh, fighters over to watch for their liking. Uh, I, I wonder how it's going to go. I know they're like uh, they're having intermissions between like three cards, and they're taking out the cage, they're putting up a ring and stuff. So I know uh Patricio's going to be in that style. It could be fun. I, is um there's other what were some of the other names you said that are competing well, later on Archuleta, as well? Archuleta, I know. Archuleta. Okay, yeah. And I, I could be wrong here. Is Musayev even competing in one of these matches? I feel be, like I uh, may have saw his name, but I think it's fun that the these collaborations, these type of cards get to happen. I know they did. It was a uh, was it New Year's? Was that when it was uh, coming into this year? You're,
0: right? You're you're sitting over, you, man. You you're over there like, what well, was it? This was it? Was it that? I, like I don't know why I just. I think said it was a New weird. Year's card. That's not even a big like. That's not something that you should remember. It just cracked me up that like th- three times in like ten seconds, you're like, what? Did I, was it like this? Was it like that? No, yeah, it was New Year's. It was New Year's Eve, Dom. So,
1: hey, we'll do it now. (laughs) Then we'll get a 2024 New Year's card. Bellator times Ryzen 3.
0: PFL times Ryzen 1.
1: PFL times Bellator 1 championship times PFL times Ryzen times Bellator purchasing under one roof 2024.
0: Dominic, buddy you cut out for like five seconds there and I was fully expecting. Well, I don't know. It might've got picked up on the recording. I hope so. But it cracks me up because I was fully expecting when you came back, it might've been more than five seconds. I was fully expecting you to be like done talking and we were going to cut or something. (laughs) And it comes back and you were still going on the (laughs) verses. verse. I'm like, Jesus, how many promotions did he name while I I wasn't able to hear him? So, uh, Well, that was pretty funny. Yeah. I think that's a good way to end it, Dom. Fight announcements. Let's get into that. Today was fun. Hot off the presses. Hot off the presses. UFC Singapore, Dominic. Giga Chikadze is back. It's been a long time. A long Long time. time. time Since we've seen Giga. What was that? That's the the first card of 2022? Yeah. Yeah. Wow, a year and a half. I don't know why. No, no clue. But he's taking on Bruce Leroy. Alex Caceres here. Also, we got two fights announced for September 23rd. I believe this is an apex card, which boo. Yeah. But they're great fights. Rafael Fazayev taking on Matosh Gamrot. Definitely an important fight. Who's coming? Who's going in the lightweight division? Oh. Also, Bryce Mitchell and Dan 50K E Gay. Mm-hmm. Ooh. I probably shouldn't have I shouldn't have put the E separated from the game. I should right. probably shouldn't have done that. Um, also November 11th, UFC 295, Madison Square Garden, Dominic. Derek Brunson, taking on Roman Delizy. Delizze was kind of rumored to potentially be fighting Ikram on this card this Saturday. He's not. He's taking on Derek Brunson, potentially the final fight of Derek Brunson's UFC career. What do you make of these fights? What are you most excited for? What are you low on? What are you kind of not feeling? Tell me all of it.
1: Well, I have to add in one more, and I feel like you left it off intentionally to make me sad. Sadiq Yusuf, also oh. going with Edson Barbosa on October fourteenth. Six ranked featherweights announced today. Yeah, I I totally to just
0: action. I I was typing those when I got home from work, so I totally just forgot. But I'm, I'm glad convinced you he brought did. It to make it up. me upset. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> but uh, no, I love all of these fights. I think they're all great. What am I? I feel like I have so much intrigue on how Giga is going to look after what will be, what is that, October, August 26th? 18, 19, 20 months. I don't know, something like that. A long time since we've seen Giga get crushed by Calvin Cater. And he's going up against Bruce Leroy, another fun, uh, long rangy, wacky striker, but good takedowns, has really good submissions as of late. Really the best he's ever looked as of late. I think that's actually a really. Interesting fight. It's a good comeback for Giga. A really nice step up for Alex to get him into maybe top 10 territory. I love all of this featherweight stuff coming together. Doesn't it feel good to get six ranked guys matched up together? We're getting some progress going. Max is fighting also in August. So that's eight total of the top 15. Why Volkanovsky is getting his uh, wrist fixed up, his elbow, whatever. I like it. We're moving. We're getting things going. Mm -hmm. This next chapter for the
0: 145ers. We need it. We need a lot of that. And I I'm I'm all for it. The Fazayev Gamro fight's awesome. It is, isn't it? You know it's one that it's the one that doesn't fit the bill here, but that fight is awesome. Mm-hmm. I hate that that's gonna happen at the apex, but
1: it's literally a week after the freaking uh, Independence Day card, Mexican yep. independence card. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh
0: for as far as Giga versus Alex goes. Definitely a matchup that if Giga doesn't win, you have to start having concerns. Yeah. Alex is good. Don't get me wrong. But we've seen him take this jump before. He did it against Sadiq Youssef and it, it did yeah. not go his way. He's good, but he's kind of like in a role where if you lose to him, if you're one of if you're a guy who is supposedly on the verge of being elite and you lose to Alex Caceres, that probably means you need there's something that needs to be fixed. Or maybe you're mm-hmm. just not that guy. You're not that mm-hmm. guy, pal. Yeah, we're gonna find out. Is Giga Chad that guy? Giga. Chad. <laughs> Derek Brunson, Roman Dolidze, I think, is very solid. A nice addition to that MSG card. I like Derek Brunson. What do you make of him still fighting? By the way, when he's like actively talked
1: about retirement, I feel like for so long now. Well, coming back from this was
0: his plan, though he said I believe because okay. uh, I thought he said before the Cannoneer fight. I thought he said he had three fights left. Okay. He did cannoneer, and then he fought Drickus. This would line up for that to be it. Is he from New York? I think he's from like uh, uh, one of the Carolinas,
1: if I'm not mistaken.
0: Okay. Because I was gonna say that'd be kind of cool if he was going out in his home state, but yeah, that's that's in a big spot for Roman. I mean, I didn't mention, I probably didn't mention Sadiq Dom because let's be honest. His, like, fight breakdowns, those videos are not that funny.
1: Oh, you're so lame, Noah. No, those fights are...
0: Those fights are... Those videos are so lame. Man, it's all about the
1: mathematical
0: algorithms, Noah. Is that, like, a joke he makes or something?
1: Oh, this guy. Come on. Get off here. Blazing I... I, I,
0: (laughs) If people hated my take about 10 p.m. start times, they're really going to hate that one. (laughs)
1: Oh boy!
0: Yeah, blazing bets, Dominic. This is—I gotta, it, I, I gotta do something. For this one. I gotta do yeah. something, Noah. That's well, the storyline. I week. mean, it, but it, no, there's no storyline. The story If I go down is, four, I'm down a month. Think of it yeah. that way. Yeah, you're I'm fucked. I'm down I a mean, month you're with five fucked. to you're, go. You're fucked being down three. You were fucked to lose one. The first one to me. You know, losing know. a single week was your the, where you messed up. I don't appreciate that but you're probably because giving me any sort of lead. I mean, you might as well have just, you might as well have just ate the wings after week one.
1: Yeah.
0: Would we'll have saved yeah. you a lot of time and money.
1: It, yeah. Damn. You're not
0: wrong. <laughs> <sighs> Here's the storyline this week. The storyline is I'm going to do what I do best. And that's kick your ass. at place and bets. I wish I could talk more shit. And, I can't, statistics and I can't, I can't wait. Not and I can't wait. till I'm up another point. And we get on to do our recap Sunday, and Dominic's hitting me with the, oh gosh, jolly! I I wish I would hit, and man, no, I'm so glad you hit. And I just enjoy being friends, and well, there ain't no competition here at all. I can't wait to hear that. I want to, I want you with a straight face to keep your composure. That I know, I know it's an act, and I just want to see you be forced to keep it. As I build this lead, the more the league goes, the uglier it's going to get for me. <laughs> the face is going to come off. Should I get into my bets? I feel like I've done enough trash talking.
1: I mean, as it goes in golf, you would have the tee box. You're coming off a win. You go first.
0: Actually, because you said that I want you to go first. Cause I hate. All right.
1: Golf. Bet number one. And it's, it's been in the brain for a long time. Had to do it. Wish I could have got on it. Why the odds were still more in my favor. It's one and a half units down on Alex Pereira money line, plus 110 is what I got him at. I'm not seeing him at pluses anymore. It's like minus 105. Might as well be a plus, but yeah, it's a pick So I've just, ever since the fight got announced, I've had this inkling that he is going to not only beat Jan Blachowicz, he may just starch Jan Blachowicz, get a huge knockout, put himself now, in a title fight with Yuri Prohaska, and what is a fantastic matchup to think about in my brain, but that's a Monday thing to discuss. I'm high on Alex here. I think he's going to fill out at 205. I think all those questions that I posed earlier, he will answer. He will rise to the occasion and put away Jan Blahovich for his 205 debut. Bet number two, two two-leg parlay plus 111. This is one of those bets I told no off recording. I kind of rearranged some of these going in. This was one of them. I originally had... Gabriel Bonfim and Miranda Maverick money lines put together. Then I really got to digging, and I looked into it more, and I'm thinking, let's take a chance here. Let's get some plus money on the board. So he brought <laughs> it to plus 111. Gabriel Bonfim to win by finish over Trevin Giles. All 14 wins have been by finish. Every single loss for Giles has been by stoppage. Miranda Maverick to win by submission. Or decision. 10 of her 11 wins have come by that. Priscilla, all four of her losses are by sub or decision. It's make or break for Miranda. Gabriel Bonfim is the better Bonfim brother, and I think he's going to prove it in a big way and move to 15 and 0 come Saturday wow. night. You really, so,
0: really getting the risk going there. I submission took a little chance. Or submission or decision with Miranda Maverick. Jeez, really? It went from yeah. minus
1: 143 to plus 111. Yeah. Sometimes you got to rearrange kids. Bet number three, three leg. Was this money line? No. This is violence parlay, minus 103. Kopilov Ribeiro inside the distance. Luis De Lima inside the distance. Oh boy, why am I going to have to clinch my ass the most for that one out of these three? I don't know. And Giles Bonfim inside the distance for the reasons I just said. All those should be violent. All those should be reckless and ugly. Minus 103. I'll take it as basically. Sorry, can I ask
0: you a question? What was the odds for. Uh, Louis, uh, DeLima to go to, to to not go to distance, Did not
1: go the distance, minus 650 by itself. Okay, yeah, that's about that's what right. I thought, but yeah, I was curious. I, I think it was minus 280 for Kopilov, minus 650, and then minus 380 for Bonfim's fight. Okay, so put those together for the violence parlay. Bet number four, already talked about earlier, plus. 300. I'm trying to get my spot on the wall for the Joeys at the end of the year for our betting segment, and Tony Ferguson may just bring it home for me. Money line over Bobby Green at plus 300. I said it all. I'm not saying it again. Bet number five, I hinted at it. Now I'm confirming it, and I may throw another unit on it. Steven Ornerboy Thompson money line minus 150 over Michelle Pereira. I get it, and Noah posts great points in the breakdown, but I'm struggling to see him fight the way he needs to To win this one, I think Wonderboy outpoints him, uses the range, gets it done, the Karate Boy. And the final bet, for now, two-leg parlay, minus 112. Matthews Flowers inside the distance. Short notice for Flowers from the contender series. I actually think that's going to be a pretty violent fight. Vegara salvador to start round two. After what I saw Vegara go through in his last fight with Daniel Lacerda... I'm pretty sure he's not going to get finished in round number one. Maybe in round two he will, but that's okay for this bet. Salvador's where it gets interesting, but he's been more of a decision guy during his UFC tenure under the banner. I think that one can at least get through five minutes. That's the six. Your turn. Go. Yeah. You said yeah. you
0: love this card. It's a tough lineup for you, Dom. It's a tough I know. lineup for you. Six and O, seven units. That's the goal. I'm just, uh, did you say you put a unit and a half on Wonderboy?
1: Uh, it's one unit for now. I okay. might add a unit.
0: Okay. Yeah, I mean, Dominic had said things were going to change. He was going to go back to the drawing board, and I see the same fucking bets from this guy. I mean, just, yeah, yeah. Dominic, what happened to your balls, you know? What they happened to those nice, those nice balls that you used to have You know, I remember a time when Dominic was willing to take that chance, willing to make that leap. You have allowed yourself to become a prisoner of the moment, sucker. And I'm about to throw you six feet deep with my plays, Dominic. We start with the main event, two units. Ring the bell, the siren. Yeah. Dustin Poirier to win and... Over one and a half rounds, Mm. plus plus 140. Co-main event, Alex Pereira to win. And under one and a half rounds, plus 225. Okay, look at these same games. Yeah, another same game. It keeps going. Bobby Green to land more significant strikes. Dominic, i got a little stat about this one. Okay. i got this. This leg was minus 330. Bobby Green, outside of the Islam Makachev fight, which you know how that went, take yeah. down right away, whatnot. He has not been outstruck by an opponent since his draw to Lando Venata back in 2016, or 2017, sorry. So
1: even in all the losses, he's outstriking. He
0: has outstruck every opponent. So I'm taking him to land more significant strikes here. Also, Dominic, I'm taking one, at least one, knockdown. Okay. That brings that same game parlay to plus 180. That's both for the Bobby Green, Damn. Tony Ferguson fight. Next, this one, so these are three bets, but admittedly only one of them can hit. So take with the, they're all for the same fight. Oh. First one, Michael Chiesa by decision plus 330. I thought this was great value. I think his most likely route to victory here is a decision plus 330. Are you kidding me? Is this a unit on all three? This is a unit on this one. The other two are a half unit. Okay. So then the next two, half unit on each of them, Kevin Holland round two plus 450. Kevin Holland round three plus 900. Okay. Round one's obviously in the picture here for Kevin Holland. Yeah, you already threw out the dream of how it's going. But the 450, the 900, I love. I I really was considering doing a Kevin Holland submission here because I do think that that's – I actually think that's more likely than a knockout in this fight for him. But I preferred the round props here. Half unit on each of those. Hopefully at least one hits. I tried to spread the units up so that – I would get maximum profit no matter what. Obviously, it'd be most ideal if Kevin Holland wins this fight in round three. Mm -hmm. But no matter if the half unit on round two plus 450 or Michael Kiesa by decision at plus 330 hits, I pretty much walk away with the same profit. So gotcha. tried to line it up that way. Last one as of now, Miranda Maverick to win and over one and a half rounds at minus 110. Four same game parlays. That, Damn. That's, that's, dude, I, I was loving the board. Mm. I was trying to change it up. This is where it took me. We'll see if it works out. It rarely does. But <laughs> I'm confident. I'm at an all-time confidence right now. The random Maverick one also. Like I wanted to take her by submission, but it, yeah, it was same. only it was only plus one eighty. Yep. And I don't really like the idea of taking uh, finish props like that unless I'm getting a little more bang for my buck, if you have blame explain. So mm. that's that's why I held off. But I do believe in her capability still for it to go over one and a half, she can still get a finish. Yeah. Just can't be in the first round and a half. So there it is. Also for uh Spence Crawford, I'll just throw out <laughs> I a couple know. bets for Spence Crawford. Um, the, these two are also kind of the same way as the Holland-Kiesa ones. Like, only one can hit. Tried to spread out the units. Two units on Terrence Crawford to win by decision at plus 180. And then just one unit on Terrence Crawford to win in rounds 7 through 12, mm. plus 450. Okay. So, once again, still walk away with close to the same profit if either one of those hits. I, I I'm heavily favoring Terrence Crawford obviously. So
1: is that the vibe? Is that the story for the most part? He's like a
0: minus 150. Okay. So he's about it's a Dustin versus Justin type okay. uh dynamic and prediction. How fitting then that's perfect. Yeah. But that's it. That's the slate for now. I again we'll remind everybody to follow us on Twitter if you would like to see the full betting slate at the B-A-J-M-M-A. J M A. Mm-hmm. You can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, at Noah Baker MMA. I post my pics over there, live bets, all that stuff. Sure. Dominic, Twitter, Instagram, <clears throat> at deesley 14 And Dominic, I think that's it. I think we're going on to closing statements, right? That's how we finish it. Point show with me and Dominic can talk about anything and everything, MMA-related or not. So, Dominic, do you have anything for closing statements today? Yeah, we got to talk about one thing today. Okay. What
1: you got? Chunky Salsa, non-Chunky Salsa. You have to pick what is it and tell me why Chunky Salsa is the big loser in this situation. Oh, man. Tell me you're not Chunky Salsa.
0: Dominic, you've lost your way. Oh, <laughs> You've boy. lost your way. I it's not even it. for the reason it. you think. It's not even the reason you think. Dominic, you used to come on here and you knew you had a good pulse on the people. You knew what questions that got the people going. Mm. What have you turned into, pal? Chunky salsa or no chunky salsa? It's the fuck is argument. this? this is, I'm, who cares? It's salsa. No, it's not, though. It's I'll not. eat either or. I will eat either or, Dominic, and not even notice the difference. Wow. Really? You're not a texture guy? When you're eating food. It's salsa. Who cares? Because I mean, let's bring another in thing it. in here.
1: Crunchy peanut butter, smooth peanut butter, creamy peanut butter. Do not gotta care. Go,
0: oh, oh. What do you go with? You got to go
1: smooth and creamy, baby. Come on. And I'm saying it's on my brain because. I don't saying, like, the way,
0: don't like the way you said creamy. Also, your shirt looks like you are literally peanut butter.
1: It, it. Shout out, by the way. New album tonight, guys. Be sure to listen.
0: Or I guess it's already out because this
1: comes out on Friday. Anyway. The salsa was fresh of mine because, and I. this is a whole other thing. I want to just make this known. Chili's. chilies. Everybody don't say knows it. Chili's. Don't Baby
0: say back it. ribs. It, yeah. Please don't that do one. to me, Dom. Do not say it. Uh, I don't know if he knows what I'm going to say or not, but
1: mm-hmm. they do have the best chips and salsa known yeah, to man see, this is what I fucking need on to the planet. I pound for pound. Yeah. I'm putting chilies, chips and salsa up against any chips and salsa that I have ever eaten. And by the way, their salsa is not chunky with tomatoes, Noah.
0: Dude, this is this is just you have do you Oh my God, dude. You're you're very frustrating sometimes. You have no do you have do you do you have like when you when your mouth opens and you're about to say something just crazy, do you not for a second have any like little thing in your brain saying hey maybe not say this maybe not make a fool out of myself I'll maybe know. have some self-awareness any no, of that no no, no. i mean got it chili's what dominic have you uh, <laughs> chili's you're chili's. gonna say a place like chili's has the best anything in the world you are crazy Look, chips I'm not gonna pret- I'm not gonna pretend like I go out of my way to eat at some of those local places where you always get better food. I admit, I I always eat at the chain places. I eat at. The you peanuts, do have a point right? there, though. That is true. Yeah. well no, that is the point. That 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 is the point. Like Chili's probably doesn't have the top one millionth salsa. You just haven't oh, been blasted. You just haven't had good salsa. That's what that means. I've had a lot of chips and salsa, though. No, I just, I, you probably have ate a few different types of Tostitos salsa and think you're an expert.
1: Oh, uh, see, those are chunky too. Also, <laughs> shit. No idea.
0: Had no clue. Just yeah. salsa. But no. I, I at least admit it. Like, I know that when I go to Olive Garden, I love Olive Garden. I love the sure. breadsticks. I love the salad. I don't even get an entree. I just eat the breadsticks and salad the whole time. But I know, like, I'm not gonna come on here and tell you it's the best Italian food in the world, or that they have the best breadsticks in the world. Mm-hmm. They're my favorite breadsticks, but I fully know that any other actual high quality Italian place blows it out of the water. Including you had the nerve, Fazoli's. Oh, I go ahead, go ahead, double up on this, Dominic. Go ahead no and I'm say, just saying no say Zoli's Zoli, breadsticks
1: I'm, any day over the garden of Olives.
0: that's yeah, facts to, too are you are you still talking or is it my you may
1: talking? think this is a bagel bite pizza roll situation though but I I think I'm gonna have the favor here finally for food what do you think donkey sauces I think it, <laughs> to the wayside Chili I don't think people do not
0: give Nobody cares about salsa. First off, cheese and queso, queso much better to dip your chips in, by the way. Salsa is, like, who cares?
1: Pound for pound, yes. I'm with you there. I'm taking queso over salsa, yes. Yes.
0: Also, the breadsticks argument, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Oh, dumbest no, you're crazy now. You're crazy. Fazoli's. Is and, f- and fazoli's. F- full free. Oh, but see, this eat. is the thing. We're arguing, oh, you can eat. Dominic, us arguing about. Who's got the better breadsticks between Fazoli's and Olive Garden? Is like two, two a, a guy my size and me arguing about who's faster. It's like you're still slow as fuck, buddy. But someone's yeah. got to win, and someone's I'm got to win in the race. But it's really just—I mean—is it really worth the argument? Because Olive Garden blows it out of the water. Oh, but no, I wreck. No. But I know that Olive Garden's not like high-quality Italian food, and I'm okay with that. Mm. I bet you love Taco Bell salsa too. No, I'm
1: not really. Well, that could, I might take it another level
0: here. I'm, you know, Taco Bell's whatever. It's whatever. That's because you don't drink. Do they have salsa at Taco Bell? I don't know. They probably oh. have it in something. You you don't drink. That's your problem. You don't have those like, and when you do drink, you're not doing like the bar crawl, like the, the bar walk back home and it's like 3 a.m. and you're kind of sweaty you're you're tired, but you can't go to bed because you're still like drunk. Sure, that's why you don't really appreciate Taco Bell.
1: Yeah, I understand that.
0: I feel like I haven't had to do a closing statement like in months. And it's because I've gotten so keep... much better.
1: You know, yeah. <laughs> no, I just bring this, out this these is, great. This points. is an
0: all-time low for you. <laughs> I couldn't be higher. I just can't believe your question. We well, our first one was like. I don't even remember. Like, what's the best type of beat ups wing or something? Uh, like, or boneless or bone in. Start bone know. in, boneless, the steak and bagel. And that's bites, a real argument. That's something that people care about. Then you come on here and say chunky salsa or no chunky salsa. Like, okay, you and the five people that care about that can can have yourself uh, a little and debate.
1: all five of them will all comment right now, time yeah. stamp it. Smooth those salsa, five people just so happen
0: salsa. to be in our three hundred and thirty five subscribers.
1: That's right. Yeah. Top tier. Yeah.
0: My name's Noah Baker. That's Dominic Sleeve. We are but just two of the below average shows, and we'll see you guys on Monday.